What is a brunch without food? I don't even know. But I'm here, uh, Coffee with Humans, with my new friend, Deanna. Uh, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Thank you so much, Jason. This is so much fun. It is so much fun and especially fun today. And I know I know very little about you, but I do know some uh, a fun fact that you are currently in Sweden and you speak seven languages, four on a daily basis. Uh, that is remarkable in my book. That's fun. Because I think that the ultimate power is language. Oh, okay. Right. I, that's <laughs> that, deep. You know, people are, yeah, people are, are always, yeah, let's go deep. I want to go deep. Yeah. Um, people are always saying like knowledge is power. Well, knowledge is like a tool that if you don't use it, um, it's useless. But language, on the other hand, if you use it, you can get like, you can like, yeah, we can, we can talk about this. Language gives you opens the doors, close the doors, uh, gives you opportunity to have fun, to have sex, to drink coffee, have a conversation. So yeah, um, when you speak several languages, that you are absolutely right. And you're right. You did go deep right off, right out of the gate, which I love because it, you're right. Knowledge is not power. If you can't communicate that knowledge or, uh, or somehow that knowledge could not be communicated to you. If it's somehow just locked in, it's 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 like a person, you know, who's who's stuck with no voice and no, you know, can't hear, you know, that's they're they're why would it be terrible to live like that? But if but by being able to communicate, you know, with with people all across the world in their native tongue, I would think you could make connections that other people just simply cannot make. Also, one thing about the knowledge, you know, it's like if you know something, it doesn't necessarily mean that um you you actually implement that and you show you know it doesn't use let's say say for example you read a book about how to ride a bicycle right does that serves you no if you don't actually go on a bike and ride a bike you can read a book and you know how to theoretically ride a bike but if you don't try it that knowledge will not give you anything right how did you come to this path of learning seven different languages and using four on a daily basis because that seems it seems extraordinary do you want to go on that path because that's a um a painful story yeah but actually you know when they say your your kryptonite becomes your superpower mm -hmm. or i made this just i, I made this up that's me saying that <laughs> i like it actually, go with it yeah so so i am an immigrant kid Okay. Um, my parents are from Bosnia. I'm from Slovenia. Uh, I'm born in Slovenia. And when I went to school, my teachers always told me, can't speak. Can't speak because I couldn't speak proper Slovene, right? Because we spoke at home, we spoke Bosnian. And then when I was in uh, college, my German teacher was always telling me, you, you can't speak, you know, you can't German, you can't speak the language. I was always like that pattern um, got me, I can't speak, but it wasn't just the language. I was always kind of shut, shut up, shut up, you know, um, be quiet. You know, I was this kid who wanted to be in the spotlight, but always um, just, just be quiet. Don't be noisy and don't be messy. Um, when I got to, when I moved to Sweden, um, seven years ago, uh, I am highly qualified. I have a master's degree in business. Um, I did 
16 years of business. Uh, I worked in HR. Uh, I applied for a job here when I moved. And after 2,800 job applications, they told me, you can't speak the language. I was like, God, I don't speak the language, but I have other qualities and other qualifications. She said, sorry, but you have to learn the language. And that was the first time that I actually had a purpose behind learning a language. Mm. Mind you, before that was like a necessity, but then, you know, I'm gonna show you, you freaking Swedes, I'm gonna <laughs> learn this language. <laughs> and there I was, six months, I did the gymnasium level uh, of Swedish and still not nothing. You know, um, I couldn't find a job and I got with my master's degree where it didn't serve me anything. Um, I went to clean the toilets and that was like a revelation. Why is so important for us to to know what we know and to actually use that what we know in a way that is going to not be just meaningful for you, but also for, for other people. Because what I was doing, I didn't do anything meaningful. And I felt so miserable at that point of my life. And when it goes, when we go back to why I was so obsessed with learning a language or why I even, you know, I'm proud to, to say that's my superpower is because I, at one point I became it my, it became my superpower. Even now, you know, English is not my, my mother language, but I still, you know, I still use it daily. Um, and yeah, I'm, it's not perfect, but it is how it is. I use it. I had this conversation, a uh, similar conversation just earlier today with a gentleman in Spain. And he was he's selling a he's selling a software product uh, that that allows allows you to do research about uh, globally who's who's working on what projects and then you can like do innovation off of it. And it's a neat idea. Um, and we got talking about how companies and individuals sometimes want to do business in another area of the world and they don't know the culture. And so they have a great product, but culturally they don't know how to communicate it. And, and it's just confusion and no one buys it. And I th and I think that underscores like you talking about the need for in if you want to expand your reach, if you want to expand your influence, then and and get the get the goodness that's inside you out. You need to be able to communicate it in a culturally appropriate manner or it's lost. It's completely well, lost. One hundred percent It's that, you know, language when you when we would speak in, you know, in a language that is common to us, obviously we all speak English, but, you know, when we get into a society and community where just we two speak the same language, that is our mother language, it makes that um, emotional connection. And we, you know, we are emotional human beings, right? Um, so it, it gives you a different perspective. You can connect with a person on a in a different uh, in a different level so i think you know even now when i'm in a certain community we have like you know english is a, a, a main language but then someone would say you know i'm from this country and i would say in my language hi how are you doing and they're like oh my god you speak my language and that's like so cool we are just a bunch of crazy people speaking the same language language in this community so it, it makes a connection absolutely it's a, it is a bonding 
uh, it's a bonding element to th- th- that transcends our thinking mind because there's no real reason why that should be such a bonding element. Right. But it's, it goes deeper. It goes to this heart connection. I think that now, mm-hmm. now we have, a, we're communicating on a level that, that um, it's almost like um, foundation, like a foundational level, it seems right. Heartfelt. Yeah. yeah. Heartfelt. So <laughs> you, you talked about smart goals uh, and you, you obviously set, goals to learn seven languages, I would think. I don't, I mean, I, I, I tried to learn Spanish. I took about three years of Spanish in high school and I learned enough to, that I could hear if people would slow down. Uh, but I couldn't, I couldn't speak it well. And I, and like you talked about earlier, you had a purpose to learn language and the, and that facilitated you learning language. I didn't really have a purpose. It was like, Oh, it's interesting, but you know, I'm, I'm not speaking it on a day-to-day basis. I'm, it's not critical to my survival. Uh, and I didn't set any particular goals. Uh, how did, how are you, how do you connect this idea of smart goals and why they don't work to the things that you've achieved? I love this question because it's like, we were, we were kind of in, in this world, we are taught to set up specific goals, which is okay. That's, you know, that works. You have to have a specific goal because if you don't put, you know, the right specific destination, you will not get to the to the destination that you desire. So specific goal is cool, cool when it comes to smart goals. What is not cool is that that smart formula doesn't give you intentionality behind it. It doesn't give you the purpose and the meaning behind it. So we disconnect the, the, the emotional connection with our goal. Right. Because if you go back and I said, I have a purpose to learn this language and I'm going to I was driven and I said, you know, what? I'm going to show you you guys. I had the motivation behind it. And I'm not saying that if you set up a smart goal, you don't have a motivation, but it's not emotionally connected. You're not you just say, OK, I want to earn, you know, let's say ten thousand dollars per month. But that's like, why? You know? Why do you want to earn this? And when you go deeper and you say, okay, I want to, you know, take my family to a trip. Okay, so why is this important to you? Um, Because we haven't been um, on a trip, family trip for three years. Okay, so why is that important to you? And you go like really deep and I love to teach seven levels deep, you go like, you ask yourself deep and deep and deep. Yeah, we are at the number seven. I'm freak about the number seven. So you go seven levels deep. You ask yourself seven times, why is it important for me to achieve this goal? And when you crank it down to to the deepest level, you will find your, the real reason behind it. Because, you know, after fifth, you come to a point where oh, that doesn't make sense, but then it gets emotional because you dig, you you dig, you really dig deep, deep, and you will say, okay, that was surprising, but that's going to connect you to your goal, and that's going to be, you know, your drive. And when um, can I swear? Of course. <laughs> When shit hit the fan, that why is going to drive you and you're going to be like, yes, 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 that's my why. You're not going to give up. Why we give up on our goals because we are not emotionally connected. And that's why smart goals don't work. Yeah, no, I agree with you. And I think it works the opposite way too. the things that we don't do, the, th- the goals that we don't set for ourselves, um, uh, uh, the things we're unwilling to do, perhaps. 
that we should be doing, we don't do because we are also unaware of the emotional reason why we are holding ourselves back from doing the thing that we know we should be doing. And that, and it's it, like you say, it is a series of digging, uh, digging levels deeper to say why, 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 because we got to get to the foundation to understand, you know, why if it's like building a house, right. And, and, uh, if the rooms are just a little bit crooked and you're like, gosh, darn it. I, you know, I laid down my flooring. It doesn't work quite right. And why, why is that? Oh, well, because of this, but why is that? Oh, it's because of this. Why is that? Well, because there's a crack in the foundation. Why is that? Because we built it on a place that wasn't level. Why is that? Well, because we wanted to cut caught, right. And, and, and you get down, whether it's building a house or whether it's building a life or building uh, a purpose to do something or, 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 uh, achieve something. It, we are we are bound to uh, move too quickly past that. It's like the it's like people setting their New Year's <laughs> resolutions, and you know everybody who wanted to lose weight this year is currently eating a pizza. You know, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. only it's not and even the end of January yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. We are exactly at this point where we we get you know you the, when you have like you. Uh, um, your goal in mind and you have like this um, okay this is my final destination where what, what what was your final destination okay to lose weight with, but why to feel better okay but why is it important for you to feel better because I want to have fun with my kids um, you know I want to have so much energy as my kids um, okay but, but why and you get down to the point where you know what I'm creating deep and meaningful memories with my kids when I have energy. It's not about that 10 pounds or 20 pounds. It's about that. And you're going to find yourself that creating deep and meaningful relationship, it's not necessarily losing weight, but just being present with your kids. You know, it's also that, that sometimes we aim for a goal that it's not even meaningful to us. Yeah, that's true too. We, we set goals that don't matter. And then we wonder why we don't achieve them. Uh, and it, and it seems all, it seems also that we get caught. I know this for myself too. We get caught in setting goals and working towards, uh, things that are superficial because they seem doable. And when the, and subconsciously the really difficult things that we really care about feel undoable, they feel complicated. They feel long. It's like, like learning a language or, or like for, for me, I'm learning guitar. I have had a guitar for 20 years and it hangs on my wall in my living room and it looks awesome, but I don't know how to play it. And, and I started taking guitar lessons this month. Uh, and I thought, okay, well, how, how do I, how do I go about doing this? Like what, what stops me from just picking up the guitar and, and playing it? Well, you know, my, my arm hurts. Why? Because I'm 43 and my arm doesn't like I should have stretched this 20 years ago. Now it's like having difficulty. Right. And it hurts. And I feel like, oh, is it going to take me three years to, you know, learn how to proficiently play the guitar? Maybe I'll never proficiently play the guitar. And why does it matter? Right. And it, and subconsciously, all those things are sitting there as as uh, dissonance and and emotional weights. That it's like ah, I'm trying to I'm trying to get the gumption to play it ah, and I and I choose something easier instead, which is something I care less about. I would actually like to learn to play guitar. It kind of fits me. But it's that hard work and I because I haven't really connected it to the why. 
Mm-hmm. So, so Jason, whenever we need to, you know, acquire a new skill, it's the same. It's the same. It's not going to be easy, you know. Well, everything that will get you at the, that um, satisfa- satisfaction is not going to be easy because it's easy to sit and binge watch Netflix, right? That's easy. But you don't. You can love Netflix. You can even love social social media. I see you, my my uh, entrepreneurial buddies. You scroll on the social media. You think that you love social media, but they don't love you back. <laughs> when you connect with your guitar and you say, this is, you know, I love this guitar and this guitar will give me love back because I'm going to be able to play for my, you know, for my grandchildren or whatever that means, you know, connecting back to seven levels deep. Why? You're going to get that love back and it's, it's going to give you satisfaction after you acquire that skill, whatever that is, even if it's like, you know, if, if we are in a business, you know, business of serving people or even like whatever text business you always have the purpose and to acquire the the skill to do something meaningful will not be easy but it's going to give you the ultimate satisfaction at the end yeah and i think in addition to this and i I think you'll agree to this that we can set a goal we can connect it with our why but if we don't manage the circumstances that help us achieve that goal we many times are in circumstances that are uh, that are have been built to keep us right where we're at. And we feel this resistance. We're like, I, 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 I want to do this. I know why I want to do it, but I just can't seem to make it happen because we're unwilling or haven't thought about how our circumstances need to change to set us up for success. Oh, for sure. You, yeah, I love this. You speak my language. OK, so here's the thing, when I, because when you're connected with your you know, when you're when you're too much in your head and when you're thinking about this thing, how, you know, well, how will I do this? Then you get disconnected from the heart and from the purpose. And when you think, OK, so even if we go through the through the process of setting goals or whatever that is, and you know, OK, these are the resources. This is the path, this plan. This is how I'm going to do it. And once it gets like, um, you get sidetracked, you feel like, oh, no, you know, I'm not made for this because you're too much in your head because in your head, it has to go by this plan. You know, the road is not like that. We know that road go like this. Right. And we have obstacles because obstacles are made to cross because when you cross the obstacle, you you grow. And every time you get to an obstacle and you give up, you 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 you're in your head and you're not in your heart and you're too stuck with the how and being like and this is where you know my our friends here entrepreneurs aspiring entrepreneurs business owners guys when you hit the obstacle let loose just take a pause you have a break and you will get an inspiration that will take you to you know from the your course correct you will get if it doesn't get you know if you don't go to the right you can go to the left it's always a choice and it's always the mindset that it yeah. keeps you stuck yeah totally it's, it's a always mi- the, i have to i have to this way no <laughs> let go yeah. surrender and you will get the you know when you connect back to the why you will find a way yeah i i that totally resonates with me and also resonates that um th- the people that we surround ourselves with so important because I think many people are stuck 
uh, wanting to achieve a goal, understanding why they want to achieve that goal, but unwilling or don't have, have not been assertive about surrounding themselves with people who help them move forward to that goal. It's very difficult. And I've seen this pretty consistently that people really want to move forward, but then, you know, somebody in their sphere of influence is just the, you know, Debbie Downer wants to see, you know, doesn't is, is afraid to achieve themselves and certainly doesn't want to see this individual achieve. And so, you know, you they're like, well, yeah, but my friends or this other person or whatever. And it, and all of a sudden they're not working towards their goal because of the people they're surrounded with. So here's a, um, here's a powerful statement that I want you to all to, to you know, take your notebooks and, and write this down. Proximity is power. But not any kind of proximity. Because you are always an average of five people that you spend the most time with. Okay. And when you think, okay, so maybe this person is my cheerleader and that is okay. We want to have cheerleaders. People who are, yes, you know, we are, um, you know, I'm going to support you. I'm going to cheer on you. You know, you're such a great, you're a badass. You know, you, you do this great stuff. We know we want to have these people, but we also want to have people who stretch us. If you tell me, you know, the... This month, I'm gonna, you know, or next month, I'm gonna grow my business by, I don't know, five times. And I'm gonna tell you, you know what, Jason? That's a great idea. Let's make it 10 times. And you'll say, okay, well, that's a hairy, scary goal. But yes, when you stretch yourself, when you have in your proximity people who stretch you, they are even more welcome and they're even more, um, they're contributing to your growth more than the cheerleaders. Because cheerleaders are that, they're cool, they're fun. You know, we all want to have like people who say, yay, hey, Jason, you made it. But we also want to have the who will say, you know what, Jason, let's go for 10. Yeah. And when you don't reach the 10, you're still going to reach five and that's going to be super awesome. <laughs> what do you say to people who have a hard time asking or acknowledging uh, that they need assistance in getting to the in, in achieving their goals because I think a lot of a lot of high performing individuals I'll count myself among them so this is a very self serving question that when we uh, you know we we kind of feel like well but I should be able to figure that out instead of relaxing into this concept of like here's what I want to achieve and I don't and I hesitate to ask for your help because I feel like I should be doing this myself what do you say to those people. Uh -huh. Oh, my high achievers and hustlers, welcome to the party. Okay, so I'm going to say it. you can do it all alone. No, like there is no doubt. There is no doubt. But if you want to go fast and you want to go far, you have to be a team player. Okay. Like, let's just see, let's just uh, think of a sport, not the tennis, but the sport, <laughs> you know, how the team wins. You know, Ronaldo, I, I'm a big football fan. Ronaldo doesn't get to the championships uh, without being a team player. We know that he kicks balls and he's very good, but he can't achieve his goal or the team's goal without being a team player. Yeah. And that also means that you are always willing and you are always contributing to the, to the you know, to the co collective, not just for yourself, but always for collective. And when you're being selfish and you don't ask for, for, for help, well, you're being selfish. You're thinking only about yourself. I'm going to grow. I, I, I'm going to grow. 
not we, not the people who support me or people who I support, but I'm going to grow. Yeah. And that's where you lack the vision and that's where you lack the mission. That goes back to, I think, what Ben is talking about here, um, a user from, uh, I think, LinkedIn. When we do OKRs, we don't put performance incentive on the goal itself, but on the participation in the goal setting process or the willingness to drive towards the goal and find a way, which is so key. And it's what you're talking about, that we can set goals out in front of us. But if there's not if the incentive is not built around the fact that we're working together to move to that goal, uh, then we're, we're, we're incentivizing maybe the wrong thing. We're working towards the wrong thing. Cause that's not the, cause it gets back to your idea of the why the, the, the process of working together towards something that's our, that, that comes from the why, because the goal might change. I mean, circumstances, for instance. So, you know, there's, yeah, there's COVID, you know, COVID last year pulled the rug out from under a lot of people and all sorts of salespeople who I'm sure had all sorts of incentive plans that weren't met were very disappointed and due to no fault of their own circumstances changed new goals yes. had to be set they weren't going to achieve it is certainly not in the same way their goals but they probably were not going to achieve their goals at all and were they doing a bad job no they weren't however if we incentivize this idea that the the, the team has some resilience built in and we can change the we can change the destination but if we're all committed to the you know, to committed to the bus uh, that we're on together, then then we can achieve great things. I think that went back to the uh, was that the book Good to Great. I think something like that, uh, where they talked about make sure you know make sure people are on the right uh, you know right place to the bus. But this idea that you 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 companies that have have been good to great typically go through some sort of transition time where the thing that they were doing isn't the thing that the team does now. You know, and mm -hmm. and at like Kodak, for instance, Kodak used to build, you know, uh, they used to be the film people like they were known as the film people and they'd missed the digital transition. And now the company mm -hmm. is virtually unheard of. Uh, yes. And, and 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 that didn't have to go that way. That company didn't have to miss the transition. However, the team was was incentivized towards the thing that they were doing instead of being able to yes. change and become resilient and move with the times. 100%. And I think it's also like, if I, if I just add something to this, it's about, we experience a massive shift and a massive, massive pivot in all across the industries into 2020. The people who were not able to adapt and, you know, pivot quickly, they got left behind. And people who adapted very quickly and, you know, shifted and pivoted and changed their business model, whatever that was, they're the one who will be leading. They're the one who will be pioneering the new ways of doing business. And if you miss that train, well, not, you haven't lost anything. But, you know, you in, in what you're saying, you have to be resilient. You have to build that resilience muscle because if you don't, you know, you're just going to be left behind like Kodak. Yeah. How do you how do you coach your your uh, your friends into this idea of building resilience? Yeah, cool. Um, I think it's, you know, I think it's one thing that I learned as a stubborn immigrant kid, um, <laughs> you know, resilient and learning languages. It was really like about having that. If I go back, like 
Jason, I cannot tell you. If I go back to my childhood where I was bullied, like everyone was telling me, you know, you're such annoying, like you're such a messy kid. And I was always left in a corner. And I know I, I, I see myself how I was in my room and I was talking to these um, dolls, Barbies. Uh, I was a motivational speaker and I was motivating my dolls, you know, and never in a million I would imagine that that's going to come true. You know, I'm going to be a speaker one day um, and not in my home language. But that came true because I was resilient. I didn't give up on that vision and that mission that purpose that I had as a little kid, right? And it's going back to, and it's not just me, it's a contribution. Because if we, if we think about how we are wired, we, we human beings, we are wired to contribute. Because here's the thing, Jason, I, do you have kids? Yes, I have three. Yes, okay. So, oh, I have three too, good. Um, so it, when we think about, you know, what are we willing to do for our kids? There is no thing that you would say, I wouldn't do that for my kids, right? But would you do that, those, those same things for yourself? Mm. Probably not, because, you know, <laughs> you, we are wired to contribute. We are wired to, to give best to someone else. That's how human beings, like, we work like that. And when you have this, you know, uh, my goal is not just me, but it's also the people who are, who I am surrounded with. Then you become some that that becomes something greater than yourself. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I had dinner with my parents yesterday, you know, and asked and talking about all sorts of stuff. And part of it was like, hey, I, guys, I need your help with some stuff. And I was I was hesitant to ask them. <laughs> Because I just feel like, well, I should be able to figure it out. Like, I don't I don't know where I got that from. Um, mm -hmm. But I have my I have kids. I got a 21 year old as uh, a 20 year old and a 14 and year old. And they ask me for help occasionally. And I'm always like, I'll figure out how to help you. It, it's never a question. It's it's the I, I well, it's actually I absolutely will help you. I don't know exactly how I'm going to help you. Because I'll, I might, you know, I might, I might through my own life experience think, well, here's how I'm going to help you, but you got to do the work type of thing. Or it might be, I'm going to step in and I'm going to, I'm going to like get you out of a jam. But the, mm -hmm. but you're right. You're absolutely right. We are wired uh, to, to have some goodness to give to other, to other people. And, and many times we don't, we certainly don't treat ourselves with the same uh, the same grace and goodness. <laughs> no, like, and that's like, you know, that unconditional love. We are only willing to give that to, to others. Yeah. That's just how it is, you know, contribution and love and contribution and growth. These are like main human needs. Yeah. And, you know, contribution will always, always be the, the, the primary motivation. If a friend asks you, you know, would you run my, uh, would you learn to do my social media? I'm just making this up. Uh, would you run my social media? Would say, yeah, I'm going to learn from you, buddy. I'm going to do it for you, brother. But would you be willing to learn for yourself? Mm. Probably not. Because the drive is different. The drive, that's going to give you satisfaction because you're going you're gonna to make someone else happy. Yeah. Hmm. How do you connect that then to, <laughs> to, to, to a, 
to goals and not just I think not just the superficial goals, not that they're not important, but I think some goals are superficial and not uh-huh. and not long term, not lasting. Uh, it's just like, uh-huh. well, for now, I, you know, I did whatever it I did, uh, sold more stuff. It's like, OK, that's cool. Mm-hmm. But for real life change, real life growth, um, how do you connect? How do you what's the what's the view of the world from your perspective in terms of long term life growth? So, you know, if you know Disney, you know, Apple, we all know them. They had a great vision or they still have a great vision. I'm not talking. Everyone will tell you. So what's your goal for 2021 or 2030 or you know, in 20 years, that's like small thinking. Mm -hmm. I want to stretch you you guys. And I want you to type in the chat, where do you see yourself in 50 years? Or what is your legacy? What do you want to be known for? Mm. When you think like that, that's like thinking uh, outside of the box and might scare some people. But if you're not willing, so that's also back to the resilience. If that's not something that you're willing to work towards every single day, don't underestimate what you can achieve in a, you know, in 20, 50 years. Don't underestimate because you can do so much just little little by little by little. Every single day you're working towards that step, but you have to, you know, you have to see that in front of you, at least daily, daily reminder. For me, that looks like I want to build a school for young girls in tech. That looks, I I don't have freaking idea how I'm going to do that. The school is going to be, it's going to be my, my name on, on that school. I don't have freaking idea how I'm going to manifest that. Do I care about the how? No. I just know that everything that I do on a grand scale, is that moving me towards that mission? Yes. Heck yes. Because I don't know who in your audience right now might be in the tech industry and they say, you know what? This chick is good. She has some good goals. Let's help her. Let's let's maybe someone in your audience knows someone else. Mm -hmm. They're going to bring me to that, to that closer to that goal. You just need to be willing to go out there and push yourself to always strive for that goal. Yeah. And uh, and connecting that back to what you talked about before, we need to be able to uh, care for ourselves in those moments like we would care for somebody else. We need to be able to push somebody else or push ourselves like we would push somebody else. We need to be able to uh, counsel ourselves like we would counsel somebody else because we intuitively know we intuitively know the answers. I feel like in a lot of ways, we just are unwilling to either do them or we just haven't asked ourselves the questions to be able to pull those, those answers out. It's just, you know, it's, it's, uh, I remember I went hiking for a summer and I wore sandals a lot and I came back with some serious, some serious calluses on my feet. And I went to, uh, get a, get a, a pedicure. Um, <laughs> and, and uh, and I said, are you are you going to cut those off? And then the poor lady, and she's like, no, we don't do that. And I was like, what do you mean? You don't just cut them off. She's like, no. And she thought I didn't like I didn't know. So like first pedicure I had had. And uh, and and she said, no, we we're going to file them away. And eventually they're going to they're going to come off as you just take care of your feet. And I was like, oh, OK, gotcha. And I think a lot of life is like that over time, just through wear and tear, we build up these calluses 
on top of our why, on top of the meaning, the grand plans that we have, the vision we have for our future, it's, it's just calloused over by stuff. It's not really the life. It's just dead skin on top. And we, we want, I think, to, to feel that, that, uh, that raw truth underneath. But yes, we just got to we just got to diligently like take care of ourselves and allow some of that stuff to come off because, you know, getting yes. it cut off is painful um, and probably not advisable. But uh, uh, this is good. This is good because like what happens when you are when you are going deep and when you are discovering what is the deep uh, why um beneath your your like you know i want to achieve this so when you peel off those layers and when you go and you go to the to the bottom it's going to be painful because some stuff you know going to come up because probably like i would never ever think that you know me speaking being on your show today is connected to that you know deeper sense of when i was a kid i had this dream and I'm fulfilling that dream and I'm, I'm, and I'm reframing my childhood, which was painful. I'm reframing that by you really showing up and doing this, you know, shows and I'm speaking and, and I'm, you know, hopefully giving some value to, to people. Yeah. Well, I, I, I've, I've lived the same thing, you know, knowing that there's, knowing there's value here, knowing there's value to experience, knowing there's value to life and, and, and then and then in some ways, um, holding, holding back on that, you know, unwilling, like now un unwilling to just like, let it, let it loose and let, you know, get it out there, unwilling to be seen. And it's the dichotomy wanting to be seen, unwilling to be seen. And that's, and the two work together. It's, uh, to kind of keep a person stuck, but it's the folks who get past that fear. And I talk, I, I talk about like fear being the gateway wherever that greatest fear is. And I had uh, one of my great uh, friends in my life said, hey, what are you most afraid of? And it was uh, at the one point in time, it was like streaming to Facebook or whatever. <laughs> and she's like, you should do that. And I was like, I know. <laughs> you know, and I, it's like, yeah, whatever that greatest fear is, like what, what's holding you back? Why get let back to your idea of like, why are you so afraid? And it's some sort of emotional thing going on some level deeper than what we are, what we are seeing up here in our heads. Uh, and when we can get to that, 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 that emotion, we can harness that energy, you know, you know, whatever that anxiety is, anxiety is simply an energy and it can be directed instead of letting that anxiety just hold us stuck like chains, let it, let it manifest forward into, into, yeah, but I've got this business, I've got this vision for my life. And I'm going to need that energy, all that anxious energy. I need that actually to push myself forward. Ah, oh, so beautiful. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to drop the mic right now. You know, the why, you know what why means. Tell me. It's acronym for what hurts you. Okay. Well, yeah, talk, talk to me. Talk to me. All right. <laughs> talk to me. Bring it. <laughs> what hurts you? So you're going to like, what hurts you? That's going to be your deepest level of pain and also the motivation behind your goals. If Facebook streaming like or live streaming hurts you, okay, I'm going to go away from that pain and I'm going to go towards satisfaction, but we will always go from pain to pleasure, right? Okay. This hurts me. I want to go to the to the other side, to the pleasure. 
and I want to overcome that because that hurts me. What hurts you? Hmm. Do the thing that hurts you. That's going to be your why. Okay. So that goes along with that idea of fear is the gateway, right? So uh, what hurts you? Mm-hmm. So let's, let's, uh, let's frame that then for our viewers, our listeners here, um, because I think that's super profound. Um, what, what are some examples that you've seen working with, working with folks mm-hmm. where this is applicable? Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what worked for me. Why, what, what was my drive? So I told you that when I moved to Sweden, um, I didn't got a job and I got job in the cleaning industry. I was so miserable, but not because of the job, but because I, I felt that I was made for more. I have, you know, this all knowledge within. I am so like highly skilled. I have so much goodness to give, but I couldn't do that with a, you know, stick in my hand. <laughs> with a bro- Like I, I was so trap but that was i was the only um you know provider my husband he speaks only one language god bless him and we had two kids you know it was hard and i felt like you know we moved to this country where it was a promised land and now i'm here like um going from being you know um hr specialist at university having this dream home i moved to this what what is that um and I remember, remember when I, my friend called me and she said, how are you feeling today? And I said, I'm going to kill my boss. And she said, no, you're not. And I said, yes, because she keeps reminds me who I am, a freaking cleaner. And she said, you know, you're not a cleaner. You're like a really amazing soul. She, she said, um, and I said, no, no, she told me you're a cleaner. Why are you learning language? And I said, and Anna said to me, you know what, let's have a girl evening. And I said, you know what, I'm so freaking tired. I can't even pull, pull my brows. Um, you're calling me to have a girl evening. And that day when I said yes, what, I was so in so much pain. Jason, I was in so much pain. I wanted to kill my boss. She said, come here. And I joined her. There was a guy who was speaking in broken Swedish and I was listening to one presentation for an hour and I felt like, seriously, Anna, you brought me to listen to this guy? And she said, stay to an end. And at the end, he he said something. One year from today, you will wish you started today. Mm. One year from now, you wish you started today. And I was like, Holy cow. I went, it was Thursday. I went on Friday to my office and I said, I quit. Hmm. And my boss said, why? And I said, I can't do this anymore. After 14 days, I do not kid you. I do not kid you. After 14 days, I got invitation to be a language teacher. How about that? I got one. It was a school. They they needed someone to teach uh, my language, my mother language, for kids. And she called me and she said that we reread your essay because I was doing this public essay. I needed to graduate my Swedish, and I was doing um, an essay on uh, bilingual, multilingual kids. And she said we need someone like you. Come and teach for us. I said okay. You know. Um, Never. I don't trust. I don't believe that if I wouldn't say no to that, I wouldn't get yes here. So when you close one door, another door open, you know, it's like, you know, when you are so it has to be this way. No, if if it if, if it's not that way, it will open another way. And I remember when someone asked me, but why are you a teacher? And I said, you know what? This is my why. 
I love language. I love teaching. Um, you know, my kids, they're exposed to three languages, four languages a day. That's something that really comes natural to me. And, and she said, no, no, it's not because of that. You know, that was also a circumstance that was given to you. And I said, you know what? In this job, I have a freedom. And every time a teacher calls me, I have an ADHD kid and she always has like this anxiety and panic attacks. And I couldn't, you know, when I was working this job, when teacher called me, I said, I can't come to my daughter. In this job, when I was in a job as a teacher, uh, another teacher called me and she said, you know, your kid has a panic attack. I said, I'm there. Give me five minutes and I could be with my kid. What hurts me was the fact that I was not, not able to be there for my kid. That's the, the biggest thing. Now I get to choose when, with who, how. That's my choice. I made this life where no one will set me in the cage and say, you know, you need to do this. Yeah. No, I decide. Yeah. Wow. That is a powerful story. Thank you. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and I, and I know that so that resonates with so many people who, uh, are, are silent. They're just silent on mm -hmm. their own lives, uh, and silent with the things that they're dealing with. And if, if coffee with humans can do anything for somebody, I, I, I love these moments where like, like Dan, uh, he, he wrote in here, he says, great session today, uh, getting real together, right. Uh, mm -hmm that that people see that it's okay to give a voice to the things that are real in life um yeah and because all this other stuff you know the fact that we that we sell things and we grow economies and that it all all valuable don't want to downplay that but on the level deeper right we're all human and we all have hopes and we have needs and we have struggles we have pains we have fears and we're we are so much more the same than we ever are different and mm -hmm. and when we start communicating on that emotional level, it cuts through sometimes the language, the language barriers we have. Uh, and and we're like, oh, my gosh, this you know, we are all one uh, and we all owe it to each other, I think, to to um, take care of ourselves and then take care of take care of each other as best we can. Yeah, that's so cool. Yeah, you're so right. We are so different, but so connected. Like we, we think, and, and I, one thing that I'm so grateful for this COVID, yes, I have to say, you can hide me, but I'm grateful for that. Because, you know, what would be the chances that we get together for a coffee? Right. <laughs> if not for COVID, right? So, you know, we, we need to cherish and really be grateful for those moments that brought some different perspective into our lives. Um, we are more connected than ever. You know, we on the top of our finger, we can connect with some someone, you know, I'm in Sweden, you're in States, you know, and you're in States, right? I am. I'm outside <laughs> Chicago, right? I know we didn't even cover that. I'm outside Chicago in Illinois. <laughs> Chicago. But yeah, you know, what, what would be the, the, you know, for us a possibility if not for, for, you know, this yeah. COVID or whatever. Right. Absolutely. Well, how do people so get in contact? How do people get in contact with you if they want to have, if they want to have a, a, a more, more of a chat with you personally, I'm going to put Coffee this in there. With me? Yeah. Coffee with me or chat. If they want to chat, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> do you have a website or something we can send uh, people to? 
So I would love for your people to connect with me on Instagram. It's Diana Lugoli. Um, you know, I there I'm most run real there. So if you want to send me a DM, uh, I might send you a voice message. I'm really weird. I'm crazy as. Um, yeah, I'm very crazy, <laughs> but yeah, if you want to, you know, just get uh, behind the scenes what this mama with three kids is doing, um, yeah, connect with me. I would, I would love to have you there. Awesome. That sounds great. Well, thank you so much uh, for joining me for this coffee chat. Uh, the next time I'm in Sweden, uh, which I'm, I'm, I'm only half kidding because I would love to see coffee with humans be on the road internationally in places, not only does not only making connections with people, but, uh, but making connections to places that fo a lot of folks just won't go. They won't have the opportunity to go to in their lifetimes. Uh, I think that would be just, just so marvelous because pe people are wonderful in the world is, is a, really amazing place so that's that's yeah. my hope can i can i tell can we wrap with a fun fact about yes. sweets do it yeah you know that average sweet drinks seven cups of coffee per day <laughs> really <laughs> i do not kid you. <laughs> okay are they are they full cups or are they tiny espresso like what is it <laughs> a cup of coffee yeah do you do the whole uh is it called fikia Perfect. Fika. Yes, Fika. Yeah, Fika. We, we do like coffee or tea. Uh, we have like coffee or tea and with, with buns, you know, cinnamon buns. That's like traditional Swedish uh, dessert or whatever. I love it. Fika. Yeah, come to Fika, Jason. You're okay. so welcome. All right. Sounds good. Well, thank you so much to all of our viewers and listeners. Thanks for joining us on Coffee with Humans. Uh, and uh, look Deanna up on Instagram. And we'll see you soon. Ciao. All righty. Bye-bye. Bye. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls. This has been Coffee with Humans. Subscribe to get updates or click to have coffee with me. Coffeewithhumans.com.